Little. Need another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw. Fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. Cyclone fans, welcome. Meyer to Blythe. I have absolutely no idea what number we're on. Todd, what number pod is this? 27. It's not that. I think it's in the teens. But welcome, man. Thursday, Thursday evening, January 7th of 2021, 2020, all in the same. It all feels the same right now. How long ago was the Fiesta Bowl? Does it not feel like it was about two weeks ago? Yeah, it was, it was at least two, three weeks ago, for sure. Six months ago. Because I guess nothing's happened since, you know, since the game Saturday. But um, yeah, man, how about no, uh, no, no real current events? Going yeah, on we right don't. Now. We uh, <laughs> we're forbidden. We won't get talk, into that. We stuff. can't talk politics. Until, we don't want to get lit up until by. maybe later in the podcast. We'll we'll warn everybody before we go into no, that we'll so they can just, turn it off. There's enough commentary about it. We've all talked about it. So let's talk about some positives, though. Let's thirty-four, seventeen. Dominating performance by our Cyclones in Tempe, and and they got PS5s. Pretty good. Sick. It's a pretty good yeah. week. It, it was almost it was almost a boring game. Like it was kind of anticlimactic. The whole second half, I mean, it was just we were in control. We played ball control offense. It was just never in doubt. It didn't seem like. Do you know what the time of possession was? I got it. I got notes here. I'm cheating. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was like it was like 42 or something. Wasn't it? Yes, 42 minutes to 17 minutes. That is. Unbelievable. Is that, is that good? Is that any good? Uh, I'll say this, though. Um, Oregon, I, would, I don't know how I stumbled upon it. I was on YouTube today, and there's an Oregon player, and one of their receivers has, like, a YouTube page where he, like, you know, does, like, a week in the life or day in the life, and he was covering, like, all their stuff they got for the game. They have, like, custom Jordan 1s that I promise you would probably sell for like thousands of dollars on eBay. First off, like they are, it's like, they were like all gray, like, like one of ones, they don't limit? make them. There's like a dollar limit on what the school can give you. I know the bowl can give you whatever you want or whatever they want. The school can only spend like 500 bucks per. Player, I don't think I these think are, bowl, these are just the shoes they get though. Cause it's okay. obviously Phil Knight stuff. They just get, yeah. So That's they had sick. like all kind of, it was like one of one, like Jordan, like calling, I guess you call it PEs. Like, I think it's like player yeah. exclusive or whatever it was, but they were like one of ones that like sneakerheads would pay thousands of dollars for. He's like, yeah, we got these. And then they got some Kobe's. I think we got the same Kobe's though. That might've been a bull gift, but yeah. Um, Shout out again, John Davison is uh, mowing shoes that he still uses. <laughs> Bull yeah. shoes from 2005. Bull gifts have improved slightly. Um, <laughs> yes. Of course, you don't want to. I mean, those PS5s Another, are uh, like thousands of dollars, though. If I'm oh a broke college gosh. kid who doesn't I, play. It'd be if you tough. Don't play, it'd be tough. If Think about it though. If, if you, you got live three with roommates, like, like we got three PS5s. Right, we exactly. Need one. That's what I was gonna say. Like if you live with three other guys, you got four guys and four PS5s. I mean, what? Sell a couple of those, make a little cash, keep one upstairs, one downstairs, put two on the bay, you're good. I don't know how much they're going for, but you probably make a couple thousand on that. That'd be a little couple bit of G. an NCAA violation, probably. I wonder if they like marked them like with 
because the house would you tell like hey i have my buddy sell it was it was stolen i mean i don't know that's how i got it but uh another crazy staff from the game that i thought was kind of cool they were 0 for 6 on third downs and 0 for 1 on fourth downs first time since 2001 that they didn't have a third down conversion that we didn't get uh, one up or the oregon didn't Morgan didn't didn't have a third down conversion. They're 0 for 6 on third downs and 0 for 1 on fourth downs. First time since 2001. Yeah, I mean, we had, I think the last handful of games, we've given up like, it's less than two touchdowns in the second half combined. Yeah. Our second half defense has been unbelievable. And that's the thing. That's what we said all all along, even before uh, like the pregame stuff that we were doing is just hang in there to the second half. And we know Hecox's going to make the adjustments that need to be made. And our defense is going to absolutely slam the door. Uh, and they did. And our offense played well. You know, I mean, we only had six points in the, in the second half, but we didn't need any. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, yeah. I mean, we won the turnover battle, you know, we were plus four turnover margin. That's, one of the more important stats in the game, obviously. We we were better on special teams. Wild. That was not. I, I, hey, we got to give our kicker, um, our kickoff specialist, and kickoff team credit where it's due. I know it sounds like we've been working on the the kick where it was, you know, whatever you want to call it, a pooch kick or kicked it short to the corner, and I mean a little bit of luck involved, right? It bounced like a yard from oh, yeah. the sideline, but you know it worked out, and that was uh, we stole a possession, huge momentum, and that was hey. I've been saying all along that our kickoff team was was a strength for us and was going to come through in the bowl game. And, and lo and behold, you know, I stayed faithful, loyal, forever true. Turned out just like I said, just like I predicted all year long. I'm going to have to run that one back to, to verify. <laughs> but, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, overall, uh, just an unbelievable finish to the season, 9-3, and three, the Esta Bowl champions. I'm not sure how I feel about the actual trophy itself. It is it's real gaudy, isn't it? Real gaudy. I mean, the actual, like, what was it? The insight.com bolt trophy was, we have two of those. That's not the those best are, those are trophy unique, of all time. But they're very unique. You know what bowl it's from. This trophy is like, let's just make the gaudiest, like, I have no idea where it's it came from. It's the most, like, bedazzled looking. <laughs> it looks like uh, like eight or 12 year old girl got together with her friends and just bedazzled something in their basement. Do you remember when they redid the Cyhawk trophy, but what the first rendition was, with it the, was like, with the, like the family, family? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, Nope, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. That is the very definition of doing. Where is the old Cyhawk trophy? Like the one that we played for. We have it. Cause we won the last one before they changed it. I thought somebody bought it or like somebody got it like off auction or something like that. Is it in Iowa State's trophy I think case? the bowling trophy is still there. Okay, good. That thing was sick. That will always be the Cyhawk trophy. I don't know why they changed it. That's so stupid. Like, who cares? The game has a sponsor, and it's like the Iowa Corn Cyhawk series. Like, oh, great. When we get a national stage, let's remind people that I love our farmers. I, you know, I'm cool with corn, but it's like... <laughs> First, we, First we... off, let me, let, let me preface this by saying I Listen, love our farmers. <laughs> I love our farmers, but... Do we have to be, does it have to be the Iowa corn? Yeah, do we have to? They might be a sponsor, Chris. I'm sorry if they're a sponsor, but they're doing a great job. We love them. <laughs> Actually, it's corn out, tonight. Speaking so. of Chris, shout out, uh, shout out, Chris um, Williams. Give him Brett and I the opportunity to come on Cyclone Fanatic and do this every week. Um, I, you know, I, I said, I told Chris, Brett and I have had these conversations daily or weekly anyway, uh, talking about the Cyclones and just kind of BSing and, you know, Brett being mean and making fun of me. Um, so we just decided to put mics in front of our face and, and record them. So, uh, but no, this, this has been fun. This has been, 
you know, really good all year, especially with the, the COVID stuff going on. I feel like I have a, a bunch of new friends, most of whom I've never met. They're on Twitter. Uh, but it's been, it's been a really fun season doing these podcasts and just connecting with people online, um, you know, while we're watching the game and stuff like that. So thank you to Chris. Thank you to uh, everybody in Cyclone Fanatic for letting me and Brett get in front of the mic and do this every week. Second that notion, Chris, despite being from Page County, from Clorinda, um, you know, he's one of the few bright spots to come out of that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Friend is, I like Clorinda. We, Clorinda, excuse me. We had a good uh, – wasn't, uh, wasn't a rivalry because we won every game, but we had some fun competitions against him growing up. So I've known Chris for a long time, legitimately since we were probably like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah, he used to Chris lock you up. across these man. He claims he he sacked me or picked me off. I don't know what he's what it's what it is now. The story always changes, moving target. But but yeah, Chris has done an unbelievably unbelievable job with Cyclone Fanatic, really starting from scratch, and has built you know built an an awesome business and a network of Cyclone fans really all over the country, probably all over the world for that matter. And he uh, he needs to be commended for that. And yeah, this is fun for me. I mean, you sit there and you look at like what is your dream job and it's like i'm gonna be a sportscaster i'd love to do that and this kind of get and kind of gives us an opportunity to kind of do that um you know in, in, in podcast form and i'm enjoying it's it hopefully. Be a better cyclone fan to be honest yeah absolutely you're engaged more and just the, the the team and the network they have here and you know in a normal year obviously we look forward to being able to get get down and getting getting a chance to meet everyone face to face hopefully we'll be able to do that and 2021 if um we can figure this this thing out and um but yeah overall chris is great cyclone fanatic it's uh it's a blessing to be a part of it and and uh yeah 2021 man you and i we got to get better though because we we still suck at this so we got to get better yeah we aren't very good uh, I, I think i said on the first podcast like hang with us we'll get better i don't know if we have probably not i don't know if we ever will but whatever it's still fun um just kind of recapping the season a little bit. What are you, what are your summer some of your uh, you know most memorable moments or maybe best plays you remember, best game things like that. Just kind of what's your take on the whole on the season as a whole? Yeah, I mean biggest positive I think the way we started against Louisiana. Um, <laughs> I mean yeah, that's probably about spit out my drink right there. Honestly, the you know for me it's it's you know obviously the COVID season and all the teams around the country and cancellations and you know teams and coaches who were just you know really good coaches who just you know completely short circuit and just lose their ability to coach because they can't do what they normally do in any given week preparing for a season and just you know our leadership with Mark Coberly and Jamie Pollard and everyone involved obviously coach Campbell on the strength staff and our players deserve a ton of credit you know for what they were able to do and I think that probably is the overriding thing that I think about the most is just how we were able to play 12 games, no stoppages. I know the first, you know, Louisiana, we had some issues leading up to that game, but really, you know, everybody just being compliant and, and doing what they're supposed to do and just are being able to bounce back, right? I mean, you lose to Louisiana at home by 17 and you're basically the laughing stock of college football. You come into the game, you're ranked and everybody's talking about, we got the yes. bear from so college much hype game and day. excitement yeah, into you know, it now. And then two weeks later, you beat Oklahoma, and then Oklahoma mm -hmm. State, a game where you know we are in it, and we kind of 
kill ourselves and all of a sudden we what six straight wins one two three five straight wins to finish the season i think just the way we, we rebounded from our setbacks and then you see it again obviously losing a, a heartbreaker to oklahoma in the big 12 title game and then come back against oregon and just completely dominate so i mean i think just the way we we were able to stay on the field when most schools were not not having any covid hiccups and being able to bounce back from tough losses to me that's and then the individual performances we had you know you look at mike rose and obviously Brees hall and just the awards that we had this year i mean Brees hall is, was a i don't know why we have so many all-american teams but there are and he was the first ever unanimous all-american meaning he's on you know every team first team so Brees hall did something that you know now I don't know. Like Troy Davis not being a unanimous All American, maybe that wasn't invented. I think it was back like then. one one guy voted him second team somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to know what that yeah, guy was that, watching, but Troy Davis should. But you know, whatever. Nevertheless, you know, an unbelievable season. And can we for a second? I know the awards. You know, they they mean different things to different people and different programs. And I'm just looking at some of the. You know, Brees Hall. So Najee Harris from Alabama won the Doak Walker Award. Yep. And I'm just looking at, and I understand, like, Alabama had an unbelievable season. But if you look at the numbers, they're pretty comparable. You know, Brees had 1,500 yards. Najee had just under 1,400. 21 touchdowns for Brees, 24 touchdowns for Najee Harris. Brees averaged five and a half yards. Najee averaged six yards a carry. So basically, the stats are even. But, I mean, when you look at Alabama's offense, they had the number one quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, and the best receiver in the country, best offensive line in the country. Everything came a heck of a lot easier. What do you think? It, like, what offense do you think it's easier to produce as a running back? Oh yeah. When you don't have, I mean, Iowa state Brees hall was the number one thing to stop and, and everyone knew that so that you load the box. And if we beat you throwing the ball, then so be it. There's not a single, there's not a single team that played Alabama this year, that game plan for their running back. He's a great no. player. Five stars. He's, He's going to be an NFL and, player. Anyway, and his, his stats were fantastic. And, and I think he was a little bit better out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, I think it was like three, he had around 350 yards to compared to 180. I think he had, three touchdowns receiving compared to Brees's uh, two. Um, but again, that's not, that, that's insignificant. Statistical yeah, but, but insignificant. Dump downs, dump downs are easy when uh, everybody's dropping eight to take care of the receivers in the past game. So yeah, I don't know. I just think that sometimes the momentum and these, like, again, these awards, like I'm not distraught that Najee won thinking he shouldn't have won. I just feel like Brees overall, when you look at, Degree of difficulty. I think, I think he had a better season. Yeah, Bree, I think Brees is, is one a better player. You watch him play; he's more explosive. He's better in the open field, and um, you know the long runs, things like that. Um, and but I, I think in voters' minds, it's tough to you know a lot of them probably think if it's a tie between two players, you go with the team who's probably going to win the national title. That, yeah, but that's it's not like we argue. won four games though. We won, you know what I mean? I think it more so is. Yeah, no, I yeah, I get that. Like last year, LSU had that unbelievable season, swept all the national awards, and then Alabama does it this year. I just think it's and and how many people watched our games versus how many yeah. people watched their games, right? Yeah, and and it, it didn't help. It didn't help Brees' cause that 
his last three regular season games before the bowl game, he had 136 yards in the bowl game, but the big 12 title game in the last two regular season games, he had under a hundred yards. I mean, and those three games, the only one, only three games of the year he didn't um, where I think uh, Najee Harris, on the other hand, you know, he had a lot of touch. There was one game where he had three or four touchdowns. He kind of yeah, he had up. like six, yeah, and he, he he did finish the season strong. But at the same, I don't know when they vote not that, for these not awards. Not that Brees but. didn't finish the the season well. He had 91 yards and a touchdown um, against Texas. He had 97 yards and a touchdown rushing and receiving against West Virginia, and then 79 yards and two tugs against Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. Yeah, so, but I again, mean, I look well. at like yeah, you can say, but it just look at you know at the end of the year. I don't know when they vote for these awards, but if you're voting after the conference title games i mean their stats are the same yeah i mean that, that, that's a great point but anyway i mean well whatever i would have loved for Brees to have been able to get that award thought he thought he felt he deserved it and i think he he tweeted something tonight basically the effect of like i should have won and i'll be motivated which you know yeah, so I got his I got his tweet uh, pulled up. He said, "Trust me and mark my words. I'm going to get everything I couldn't have this season." Dot dot dot. Like that's nightmare material if you're a defensive player, a defensive coordinator in the Big Twelve. Uh, I mean, that man's coming. He's going to be 225 pounds next year, coming downhill. I, I feel sorry for anybody who has to get in his way. Yeah, my only other issue with uh, again, I'm not going to get all into this, but Mike Rose not being a finalist for. What it, what's the defense, the Butkus Award or the Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, I mean, I looked at like, like Patrick Sertan the second. So yeah, like, like the, he's seen the, as like, like a the top. Nagurski Award and the Bednarik. Yeah, like the, he Bednarik, had sorry, he had one interception. Now maybe it's a thing where in college you really don't do this as much, but where like you're avoiding him, but he had one interception, eleven pass defense, eleven passes defended on the year and was a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. Mike Rose was not. Mike Rose had 54 tackles, one and a half sacks, and five interceptions. Okay, and, and here's another thing. So the first team all-defense all for Walter Camp uh, All-American, um, the all-defensive all team, one of the linebackers is Joseph, I don't know how to say his last name, Osai from, from Texas. He's a Big 12 linebacker, made first team, and Mike Rose didn't. I don't know this kid's stats, but I don't need to know his stats when Mike Rose was the big 12 defensive player of the year. And this other kid from this other linebacker from Texas uh, gets on the Walter camp all American team. I mean, that, that, that comes down to somebody just, Hey, I didn't watch any big 12 football this year and he's got Texas on his chest. So I'm going to vote for him. I mean, there was a Notre Dame linebacker who had 41 tackles one and a half sacks, one interception. And he was a finalist for the defensive player of the year. Yeah, I, he, I just, I he was also he was also first team uh, Walter Campbell. Yeah, I, I don't. Again, these awards. Hopefully, I don't think Mike Rose is losing sleep over this. But like when you have a year like that, you deserve to be rewarded. Exactly. And, I mean, know. he had a, he had a un, unbelievable year, like statistically, and then also not even just statistically. Like if anybody were to watch him play and see the kind of impact, it's not like he just had five picks just at random times. No, they were game he, winners. He game ceiling interceptions. Yeah. Game winning interceptions. I mean, he stepped up and played his best ball when the, when the game's on the line or when you have to, to slam the door on somebody, that's when he made plays. You know who uh, led the country in sacks this year in college football? Was it, was it McDonald? Will McDonald, ten and a half sacks. I, I, I saw. I thought I saw Jared uh, text or tweeted that out today. Crazy. I had I no idea. That. That's the quietest sack leader in America I've ever seen. It was one of our guys. I had no clue. 
10 and a half sacks. If you look at, and we'll kind of segue into what we have coming back next year. I mean, obviously he's, he's our best, the best player on our defense. Well, I mean, in, between him and Mike Rose, right? We have two really yeah. high end, like I, I see him young is pretty good on the back end. It's nice. To have, yeah, it's nice know. when your argument like, is, is one guy from each level. That's pretty you know, good. D, huh? D line linebackers. I'll say this though. End. I mean, you talk like the NFL GMs, like they pay big money for, they pay big money for um, a corner. They pay big money for obviously quarterback and that kind of thing. But on defense, it's corner and defensive ends. And yeah, pass rusher. Yeah. So, I mean, to and have he's that a, NFL freak athlete speed guy. Is, off yeah, the edge. Yeah. And then we have obviously the guys that are coming back, you know, was we we lose Jaquan Bailey, right? We lose Jaquan Bailey, all time sack leader. Broke our, yeah. our our former teammate Sean Moorhead's all time record. Ugh. And yeah, he, he, and but I get it though, Bailey. And I'll say this with like, I'm just gonna call him Waz. I don't know what they call him. <laughs> I, I just I, I don't want to I don't want to misrepresent his name. Can you but... continue to have to pronounce that correctly? Yeah, I get so, it. But he um, there was a couple of years ago where I think Mylon and I had done it was the Iowa game where it was the game day and it was rained out and we lost on a special teams turnover at the end of the year, so or end of the game, and we were just hanging out like in the locker room and just kind of as they were coming out and like there was two guys that I was just like, our guys don't usually look like that in pads. And it was Hakeem Butler. Hakeem was the first one. He was like, all right, you play on Sundays. Go ahead. I didn't look like that. Yeah. No, you didn't. And then Wazarike <laughs> was my guy was the other one. I'm like, he's huge. Like he, he is a monster. Yeah. And he's a pretty looking dude. Yeah. I mean, he had, so yeah, I think for him, it's just, He's been he's been a really good player for us, but I think the way he looks and and there's flashes of him like just to be high end and be like that, you know, Will McDonald where you're getting, and I don't know how much he's playing, um, you know, if he's playing more inside or what, but having him back is huge, especially losing uh, Bankston as transferring. Patrol yeah, I felt like he was kind of he flashed. He kinda, but, yeah, he kind of yeah. he flashed early, I thought, and then he kind of tapered at the end of the year. And I was looking mm-hmm. up some stats; I, he wasn't even getting that many snaps by the end of the year. No, I mean, that's they probably, really yeah. cut his PT a little bit, so I'm sure that played into it. But yeah, I mean, they're not going to do that unless you're not producing. So exactly, yeah. could have been something where, and maybe I don't know. I, I always try to refrain from lighting guys up for transferring because you never know what could be going on personally or so. No, not, not in today's world when a coach when a coach can leave just whenever they want yeah, there's no and there's no penalties. Yeah. It's tough for you to to hate on a kid for doing the same. Mm-hmm. Chase Allen coming back. Good for him. I mean, he basically lost a year cuz he, you know, had the accident on that one laugh, but like gets hit by on a moped. You remember like this is the moment where <laughs> you, you feel like you're by a car crossing the street, I know, right? but you know like the cuz we're starting to get to the point where it's like okay, I'm you have like, man, I'm old moments. And one of those was like, you remember Chase Allen? Cause his dad, obviously Terry Allen was a, one of our assistants, tight ends. Yeah. Coach. He was a tight ends coach for and it. And he's yeah. just like little redheaded kid just running around to practice. And all of a sudden I'm like, jeez, like, and now he's, now he's six, six, two. I know, it's like, there's no way you can be that old. It just, it doesn't make any sense. 
and yeah, so Chase, good for I'm him. I'm excited for back. him to come back. Yeah. I'm excited for him to maybe slide into that spot that uh, that Kohler occupied, um, and maybe get a, a few more balls, you know, thrown his way. Because I mean, he's a big, athletic guy that can run and catch and make some plays. Um, but obviously, we had Charlie Kohler in that, you know, whether it was the Y or spot or whatever they called their tight ends. Um, there was more the the pass catching position. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do in that spot. Did they, did Kohler announce it? I mean, he's got to go, right? He's a draft pick. I haven't seen anything official, but from what it sounds like, everything that I've read, and again, 99% of my news comes from Twitter, but uh, everything that I've read and seen, it, it sounds like he's going to go ahead and go. Um, and if, if you're a top two or three round guy, it's tough to pass that up. I, I don't begrudge anybody. If you're, if you're going to be a top three round guy, uh, you know, it, it's tough for me to get mad at somebody and say, no, you should stay uh, when you're going to pass up that kind of money. So. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be one of the freaks that goes out and runs like four, 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 five at that position. But I mean, he's got to be. I mean, he gets open, man. He knows how to get open at the top of his route. Exactly, and, and he makes NFL contested catch after contested catch. He's just strong hands. He's strong at the point of attack when the ball's in the air, um, and he can block too. I mean, he's a he's a very complete tight end. Uh, yeah, he's not the you know Darren Waller type downfield guy, but he's he's just a very you know, well-rounded tight end. I would think he's a top 100 pick first of yeah. the third, fourth so. round. And he's a smart enough guy to, you got to think if he's not, if he's not getting that kind of feedback, he, he'd stay for another year. Yeah, but it's, you could say that, but what's he going to improve on? He's not going to get faster. I would think if I'm Charlie Cole, I mean, I'd love to have him back, but I also love to see guys get paid like, yeah, I got sick to my stomach when I saw like ETN, the guy from Clemson, came back for another year. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're you're going to be a first or second round pick? Just go. Like, what he are you didn't coming have, back? He for? didn't have a great year this year. No, like, statistically, he's probably hurt himself. It's like, what are you coming back for? And I mean, it's a little different situation because I don't know what his stock was like coming out as a junior. But I always think back to like DeAndre Jackson was, I think, going into our. Or his senior year, his uh, our junior year, he was rated the fourth best corner in the nation um, by a lot of you know draft services, and then tore his ACL against Oklahoma, <clears throat> and you know as a senior and, and just really shot his chances at the draft and and still got some chances in in the NFL, but uh, you know having an injury like that, uh, he was a such a highly rated corner and return guy, and then blew his knee out against Oklahoma. You can always you can come back and graduate. That's why I, whenever somebody says, oh, I promised my mom I'd graduate. Okay, come back and graduate as a millionaire in two years. Do it when, you, yeah, do it when you're – Especially if you're 30, playing running back. When you're 34 and you retire at 34. Huh. <laughs> I mean, Dabo, the bum that he is, should just say, hey, go to the you're league. You're a Dabo hater, aren't you, Dabo Sweeney? No, nah, I'm sure he's fine, but he just – I don't know. There's certain things that just bother me about him. but I love it. You Another guy we lose, uh, Nwangu. I'll be sorry to see him go. I, I love seeing him have success. He was actually one of my – so one of my things that got written down for, like, memorable moments or, or memorable plays, his kick return against Oklahoma. Um, I mean, that was – at the end of the fourth quarter there, we're down by a score. Him getting us down – I forget how what he got down to inside the 20, um, setting us up to score there. Uh, just so happy to see him have a, have a good senior year. Graduated as the all-time leading kick returner in uh, in school history. Average. Um, he averaged like 25 yards per – that's pretty good. It's like 26.8, something like that. He's going to be a guy that I think – because he, he's – I mean, he had an Achilles injury. Mm -hmm. And that takes probably 18 months to get back, especially if you're 
trying to play again. Especially if you're a speed guy. Like that's that's his thing. That's his calling yeah, card. But he's speed. he would have started for a lot of teams. He he could be a guy to me because he's a track guy. He'll go out and run four three. Exactly. Like he, yeah, he I mean, see. this is a guy that came in and and had to sit behind one David Montgomery, and then he mm-hmm. finally graduates. It's like, okay, I'm going to be the guy, and then Brees Hall shows up. Mm-hmm. You and know, there, there's Heisman guys who are, yeah, there are guys who are who have careers in the NFL who are like, who do you play for? He didn't even start. What? And then that, he could be one of those guys where it's like and he's got that body type. He's whatever, six foot, six foot one. 205, 210 pounds can just flat out run. He's going to be on every special teams. He's going to provide things in the return game. He's going to be, and he can catch out of the backfield and run routes. Uh, He's kind of a Jack of all trades guy. Uh, Very valuable because he can save a lot of roster spots with all the, all the special team stuff he can Mm -hmm. do. And look, you're finally going to start to get some of the benefit of, because over the years you've heard it all, you know, well, if you, more guys get drafted from winning teams. Mm-hmm. So he Absolutely. might have an eye. Hopefully he has an opportunity. But, yeah, Sean Foster, left tackle's coming back. I don't know what his NFL future looks like, but this may be one of those things where he feels like this is kind of his ceiling. I, don't, yeah. I mean, our offensive line I thought played okay this year. I mean, you know, they you have the rushing attack that you do. You got to have an offensive line that's competent. And I didn't feel like Brock was ever – under any kind of serious duress, like consistently. So that unit played pretty well, had some injuries, guys moving around and, you know, we're still able to keep everyone. Yeah. I mean, they they give up a lot of sacks. I mean, obviously Brees Tall, you know, the best or one of the best running backs in the nation, um, as far as statistically and how the season went, you got to be pretty happy with how the O-line played. And at the same time, you kind of think, you know, that still think there's room for improvement, you know, it showed up against Oklahoma in that Big 12 title game. I mean, they they their D line just kind of flat out owned the line of scrimmage. So, um, yeah, getting more guys back and and any any returning starters you can get where where you're going to have that experience back, especially in a position like O line, that's huge. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I you played okay at football, but that's good for us that anytime you don't have to replace your left tackle. Yeah, it's a positive. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think just those guys have to be enjoying the fact that they don't have to be tested every three days and can kind of just take a break. But however, I mean, we knew this when we played in the late bowl game. You don't have that much time off before you got to start again. No, it's gonna feel like it's gonna feel like a week to those guys. Even if it's more, yeah, it's gonna, gonna feel like so quick. All of a sudden, it's month. gonna be. All of a sudden, it'll be a, you know, it's going to be 530. You're going to be walking into the indoor th- thinking like, I swear to God, we played two days ago. And but I'll say this, though. I know that in the, some NFL players have talked about this where they didn't have an offseason. They didn't have all these OTAs and all this. And it's like, do you really need it? Like winter conditioning for me was one thing I always thought about. Like, why are we, I feel like, I don't want to say we're wasting workouts, but like, what, do we need to do this right now? Or could we just no. work out once no, a day? I'll answer that for you. No. Like, do I need why, to be why do we want to get in the best? Why do we want to get in the best shape that we could possibly be in? Why are we peaking in February? Yeah. So <laughs> I wonder if you know it's it's college. They're not going to change anything. No. Coaches are it's, still it's old. See it's old yeah, school. It's, it's, it's yeah, always it's been done change, that way. But if there ever was an evolution around like the off season programs maybe use this year as kind of like a, a guide uh, to guide you to say like, 
oh, we don't have to get the guys up at four o'clock in the morning to work out three days a week in February. Especially the winter conditioning type workouts. Like those are like tear you up, people throwing up in trash cans type workouts. Like truly use that time to build up, especially your young guys, build them up strength wise. I mean, you're, it's, you know, two steps forward and then one step back in the, in the winter, because you're making good gains in the weight room. And then you're going to go tear up your body in uh, winter conditioning. I'll say this though. Our winter conditioning with Getty was more like you're competing and you're doing drills. Whereas like with Chiz, it was just, let's see how many people we can get to quit, which new coaches do that. 100%. But that, that was, that was also the great thing about Getty is everything, everything was a part of the plan. Like yeah, nothing was done just out. to be done. Like everything yeah. he did was, was looking, you know, six, 12 months in the future. This, that's why we're doing it versus yeah. Chiz and, and coach Shep, coach Shepard. It was literally like, I mean, you remember coach Shep would walk into the weight room. He might be a little late to the workout. He'd write the, he'd write the workout on the, on a whiteboard. You'd see him erase something and write something different in. It's just kind of like, just kind of making it up as we went along. Two different approaches. For, for sure. sure. Right. That's what deals yeah. like for sure. For sure. <laughs> there's two things in this weight room, man. There's gravity and there's steel. We're going to lift them. Did he say that? Uh, that was my Shep impression. Uh -huh. Yeah, he said that. Gravity. I don't remember that. I remember one day doing like these sets of power clean. And I'm like, this is the first time I've ever been able to like, I can't do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we did like this I'm crazy done, done. like power clean like mag. I don't even know what it was. First day we were in the weight room, winter conditioning. We just we didn't know any of our coaches. Everything's new. Shep, who was that? Shep was like, no, Johnny maybe Tears was like, how many y'all love the cyclones? Everybody raised their hand. I love. It. We got to find out. Everybody's like, wait, what? Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> that was power cleans to failure day one. Now yeah, I, do I do remember, remember. The, first, the first day of. uh of winter conditioning with Chiz was truly, he just wanted to see, you know, who had drank all of winter break. Cause I mean, every, it was, I remember you'd puke in the, like in the trash can, then you'd have to get out of the way. Cause so somebody else could puke. Like people were like taking turns, throwing up in the trash cans. I never puked. Well, yeah, I mean, you're just a machine, Brad. Everybody was, in, everybody was in awe of your athleticism. I never, it wasn't that. I just never puked. You just, would my... you swallow it? It's gross. I was tired though. I remember big, uh, who was that big tuba and Tibbs were like, just cause I can't imagine being that big trying to 300 pounders doing them bear claws. What do we do? Bear, <laughs> we did a bear claw and then five up downs like every five yards bear, for a hundred yards. Crawl, bear, bear claw is a donut. What did I bear, say? Bear crawls. Whatever. <laughs> and the nice part was that you get a long rest cause them big boys wouldn't move them past. That's true. <laughs> if you finish first, you got a little time off. Yeah. But I was faster than you. So. Yeah. Okay. We don't have to relitigate this. Um, yeah. How do you feel about next year though? I mean, I don't even, I haven't, I know we start off you and I, Iowa, who's our other non-conference game. Do you know? Who knows? We'll probably still off the be top of your head and doing, um, <laughs> big 12 only to like, do we have a, do again? we have a game in Vegas, right? Yeah, we do. We sure do. Yeah. That's our other non-conference game. Yeah. Uh, Bloom was tweeting that out saying, you know, if, if everything goes well, how many Cyclone fans are going to be in Vegas? That would be a fun one to go. Well, to. we have a couple pent up like once in a lifetime trips that people were not able to uh, 
Yeah, there's a lot of people to. that would that would have normally gone to the Big 12 title game or the bowl game that didn't go this oh, year. Oh, I would have been in both. Yeah, hand, hand up over here. A Vegas trip to go watch Iowa State beat up on, uh, on UNLV. In that new stadium, too. Oh. Okay, so the Iowa game is scheduled to be in Ames. I wonder if they're going to – so would we just get that game at home or do we – would they reschedule it – or not reschedule it, but put it in Iowa City since we – I don't know how that works. If we if we revert back to what would have been last year, and now those idiots have beat us like five years in a row, which pisses me off. So. I really yes. Um, yeah, that's probably the one thing Matt Campbell hasn't done is beat Iowa. Yeah, and it's definitely. it's yeah he's basically staring at like a reflection of himself in terms of like how they approach the game. A cons- well, not not maybe obviously not as conservative as Ferentz, but like defensively, keep things in front of you. That's why, like, their defensive coordinator at Iowa, how has he never been up for, like, a head job? They have, like, the best defense in the country every single year. They have a very stable – part of the reason they're so, like, consistent as a team is they have a very stable staff as far as assistants not leaving for other jobs. One thing weird about our schedule real quick is – so Northern Iowa, Iowa, at UNLV, at Baylor, and then we go home Kansas, home Oklahoma State, home TCU, home Texas – and then we end the year at K-State, at Oklahoma, at Texas straight. Tech, at West Virginia. Yeah. So se- senior day is like just the middle of the season <laughs> at home against Texas because there, there's still going to yeah, be four games plus plus Big 12 title game that will win, um, a playoff game that will win, and big big uh, and the national title game as well that will win. So yeah, potentially I mean, I seven games after that. After yeah, season. I mean, obviously you and I, you would think – Dub obviously will be at Iowa. They suck. For UNLV, sure. we should win that game. Nothing really suggests that Baylor's going to take a big jump. Their quarterback's transferring. Charlie Brewer's gone. Kansas, I mean, Kansas. It's Atlantic High School. It's just trash. Who's that? Oklahoma? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okie standing. Yeah, we're looking at. I would think there isn't any reason why we wouldn't be a top 10 team coming into next year. We've got to Oklahoma's be with everyone that's be... coming back with two potential Heisman Trophy candidates, um, one for sure, and then Brock Purdy, his first team All Big Twelve. Yeah, I think he's going to have plenty of height coming into his senior year. Yeah, we'll be top ten. Texas hired seven win Sark. They call him. Keep. Uh, never mind. I, sh- I won't even say what I'm about to say. Yeah, you don't make fun of that, Todd. Come on. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 crazy <laughs> though, man. You spent you spent twenty one million dollars. To buy, they're going to spend like fifty to sixty million dollars on the coaching change overall. For I know I've said this before, but how does Texas not win nine or ten games every single year? Like with the resources they have, the budget they have in the athletic department, and the recruiting territory, how do they ever win like five games or six games? Sorry, I cut you off. That just I mean, if you hire the wrong coaches, or you get rid of. You know, yeah. I mean, just hire the wrong coach. That's, I mean, that's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, but I'll say this. I mean, you look at Oklahoma's going to be what probably top top five. I mean, especially if their defense comes around, they're going to be really tough to beat. Oh. With Spencer Rattler coming yes. back for year two, he's ridiculous. They're going to be. I good. text you this during the during their bowl game. Does he give you Mahomes um, vibes, or is that just me? Just me. Maybe it's just me because they have the similar haircuts, but I don't know. No, he does. He's got kind of that like next level natural 
throwing motion that you just yeah, don't see Yeah, the ball just day. jumps out of his hand. Yeah, yeah exactly. His, his throwing motion on the move, it just looks like he's on the move. Things are moving really fast around him, and, and he's just nice and comfy back there, just playing catch with his receivers and ripping, you know, 25-yard outs. Yeah, he's good. But I think, yeah, <laughs> we got a chance to be really good next year. I mean, you know our staff's going to keep everything in line. And even if we have another season where you have a lot of variables, which hopefully we won't by then, but shoot, I remember in March, you're like, yeah, we can do this for a month. And now we're almost a year into it. So it's who crazy. knows how long it's going to last. Do you remember that? That was like, man, this COVID thing. Like, Everyone's talking I, I, like, we, oh, by, by May or we June, we'll be it. out of it. Yeah, you're, you're talking to your our sales leaders and companies you work for are like, yeah, well, we, we anticipate by, you know, April, May, we'll be back to normal. It's like, yeah, Just, they're setting quotas like it's normal. But. <laughs> I hate to tell you. Oh, man. All right. Anything else? Um, do we want to talk current events? Uh, yeah, capital. The Capitol building is spelled with C A P I T O L. O L. Yes, exactly. It's not A L. O L, not A L. Yep. That was a big. Uh, everyone was taking an L on that uh, yesterday on social media, but was yeah, quite wild a day. times, man. Wild times. Quite a day, I think. Yeah. I if you know. if you don't want to hear our take, or I don't know how deep we'll get into this, but if you're if you're sick of talk about politics or anything, just thanks for listening all season. Uh, take care. <laughs> Go ahead and turn things off. All right. What do you think about it, Todd? I think it's an absolute disgrace. Um, I think there's plenty of people out there who have disagreements politically. Um, Brett and I disagree on certain things politically. Brett's still a good friend of mine. Um, we have a podcast together, but uh, it's for anyone to look at it and say, yeah, I think the right move was to storm the Capitol and go in and break shit and take selfies in people's offices. And saw one guy was like stealing mail from people. Like, I don't know how you think that, yeah, that's going to get, that's going to get the job done. That's going to get, uh, we're going to get our way by doing this. It's like my three-year-old. I have these conversations with him. Like, Jace, do you think throwing a fit is going to get you your way? Because it's not. And now we're talking about, you know, grown ass people doing the exact same thing as my three-year-old. Wait a minute. Jace stormed the Capitol. <laughs> it's very it feels that way it's very similar when he decides to throw a fit about something yeah i mean i'm i'll say this for everybody that's storm the capitol you should have been wearing a mask because then they wouldn't know who you were but now <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows what's gonna happen there was one guy that got fired from his job he wasn't wearing a mask and he had his company badge so, <laughs> I, somebody sent me a picture of that today some kid from Maryland. It's like, dude, at least tuck your company badge in, like clock out from work. <laughs> I saw one thing on Twitter today. So a guy put up a picture from, and he said, this is my son. I'm so proud of him. And it was his son in the Capitol building, like breaking some stuff. And then, and then the, another tweet, somebody had screenshotted both tweets next to each other. The, the next tweet said, why is the FBI? The same dude said, why is the FBI contacting me? And the guy had labeled it, it uh, shot chaser. Yeah, because you outed your son, so the FBI is calling you now. That's why. Yeah, it's not going to be hard to figure out who um, who was in there, and you're probably going to be charged with some serious felonies, I would imagine. So, like one guy stole a letter that uh, for Nancy Pelosi. Like, you can go to prison for a long time for that, especially if it's from 
you know, Nancy Pelosi, but I mean, just stealing mail is a federal offense. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's be a, a mess, but the sad part is like, you know, like the vice president was in there. Like it could have took one person who, 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 and there's, I promise you there's people are out there that have the capacity to do something really stupid. Well, they confiscated firearms. They confiscated one, like assault well, rifle, it, like, some, Todd, some like, like homemade pipe bombs, Molotov. Four or five pills. people died. Wild man for something That's that crazy. didn't even need to happen. No, people were given. I, I don't a false know what the, I don't know what the end goal was for that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I don't get is what was the end goal for this, or is it just that mob mentality when you know you almost forget what you're there for, or what you're trying to do, and you just start breaking stuff. You know, Visha, similar to similar to Visha, but yeah, I mean, even though that I think the actual reason they were there was pointless not you're gonna change anything but it's similar to kind of like the the only parallel is you know there's people who were there for peaceful protests there's people who were there and then left after he spoke just like the the protests we saw this summer there's people who were there and were doing it peacefully and then you see a lot of people who took it to another level and yeah while i do feel that what happened this summer there was more of a reason to protest than there was now like he lost it wasn't even really a close election i mean he lost by almost eight million votes you just didn't get your way yeah you just didn't get your way and so okay well we probably lost any listeners we still had uh still had going here so (laughs) yeah Um, it's uh, anyway hey hey, here's the deal here's the deal go ahead be nice to people listen to people understand yes understanding listen be friends be nice discussions not debates it's okay to it's okay if somebody doesn't agree with everything you say yeah. I mean, Todd doesn't agree with me, but he's an idiot. So <laughs> see, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is, this is a problem. Just kidding. Now be, yeah, be nice to people. Hey, I'll say this though. The folks who are listening, thank you. We appreciate it. The messages, the tweets, everything is great. And, uh, we'll continue to get better. We Austin Flynn promise he's going to come on and bless the show one time. He still he still gives us a recap every week. Know, Austin, he texts us every week and tells you. us tells us what we screwed up and how bad we suck. So Texas we high school football is still playing games somehow. I'm sure his team's gone because you know he can't coach. But uh, just kidding, <laughs> play my guy. <laughs> well, now he's not coming on. <laughs> I know we lost him. All right, wait. What, what beer are you drinking? A you can't see this, but Todd is drinking the worst beer on the planet. A dark is that a Guinness? It's a Guinness. I'm drinking the black. Any tonight. dark beer is just god awful. It's so bad. You have some fancy beer glass with your, I don't know, orange colored beer. It's probably just bush light and a fancy. It's called glass. an IPA. Okay. Okay. You ever heard of it? Yeah, I've, I've yes, I've heard of an IPA, Brett. Okay, dark beers taste like ass. It's so bad. <laughs> Tell me why. Because it just tastes so bad. I don't know. It's thick. It's dark. It's filling. Gross. Just stop it's it. It's not. You've never had a Guinness. If you think those, if you think it's thick and filling, you've never had a Guinness. I don't know if I've ever it's had a, a Guinness, light, actually. It's a light, it's a light, like crisp tasting beer. How's it light if it's a dark beer? Well, That's I don't know why we have to judge things by color. <laughs> it's, no, I'm I don't, just not, I, don't, I'm not. I don't judge beers based on the color. I don't know. You, maybe oh. you do. <laughs> Okay, now we're going back into politics and social uh, social issues. But okay, anyway, that's all I got. Brett, this has been fun all year. Um, I think we'll continue to do this. I don't know if it'll be a weekly thing or if we'll do it a couple times a month through the off season. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks everybody out there for listening. Go clones.
Cheers.